For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Vikings. I'm your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, who won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, played for the Vikings for a decade, and finished off with the Dolphins. Ron from Ian Prairie joins us. So does Sally from Minneapolis. And then we have Mike Santanga from representing the Cincinnati Bengals. He writes about the Bengals for... AllBengals.com, and he does the Locked On Bengals podcast. He's going to join us shortly to discuss some of the depth chart stuff from the Bengals and some predictions and all that fun jazz strictly geared at week one because your Vikings are headed to Cincinnati. First, we're going to talk about Believe, excuse me, (laughs) Balance 7. So I don't know if you heard about former NBA player Lamar Odom. He might be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Apparently, he's going to try out for Paul Gasol's team. He's been trying a new product that he owes credit to, Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH-balancing alkaline supplemental drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you'll see the effects. You can see how Balance 7 has helped. Uh, And right now, you have to go to balance7.com and use the promo code BLEAV, believe, you get $10 off your 32-ounce bottle. That bottle lasts 11 days, which is a perfect amount of time to feel the pH balancing work. Um, again, that's balance7.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout. Um, it worked for Lamar Odom, and it can work for you as well. <clears throat> and also betonline.ag, Old Faithful. Uh, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron field to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. So you better check that out. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th on the season opener between Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and use the NFL code NFL100, NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We are joined by Mike, who writes for allbengals.com and is on the Locked on Bengals podcast. He is our enemy this week, so to speak. Not really. He just writes for the temporary enemy. So, sir, um, Vikings fans probably don't know a whole lot about you, but change that for us. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I basically started this Twitter account about a year ago and just like knowledge of I played just in high school. So a lot of people played in high school, but then I watch a lot of coaching clinics of uh, NFL guys, college guys, just talking about their technique and scheme of their people and just did that for years. And I finally uh, started just posting clips, my thoughts on everything, what it looked like to me, things like that. People it started to catch on and then um, ended up getting a writing gig with, yeah, since uh, all Bengals, which is through sports illustrated okay. and then, uh, locked on Bengals, which is great podcast and uh, Vikings. You know, I did a preview, so it seems like Vikings people kind of like it. Uh, there's some Vikings retweets from like Vikings Daily or something. Uh, I don't know. People, nobody's saying I was wrong about anything <laughs> so far. So no, you seem like good. a decent dude. So <laughs> as long as you, uh, you know, you come at us nice, then we'll play nice. Um, do you? Are you from Cincinnati? So I'm actually from more Northeast Ohio, but uh, yeah, story is basically my dad was a Browns fan. I born in 96. So conscious around 2000, right when the Browns came back, uh, they were terrible. And my mom was a Bengals fan. So <laughs> it was kind of an easy choice where yeah. it was like Chad Johnson or whatever Cleveland's doing. So, and then I just, that, I just stuck with it. Okay. So, and now you live about how far from Cincinnati? Oh, I actually live knee deep in enemy enemy territory right now. I'm about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Ooh, so. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no. wasn't wasn't I uh, got a girlfriend who she's from Western PA. I'm from obviously I said Northeast Ohio area, and uh, she got a job first, so I had to move oh. so out of college. Uh, so now I'm out here with uh, Bengals bumper sticker. Yeah. Making everybody upset. Well, what you got to do, what you got to do. Tell me about your perception of the strengths and weaknesses of the Bengals. We want to know. Okay. So, I mean, kind of obvious on offense, I feel. The strengths are the weapons, whether you want to call that T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, or Joe Mixon. I think all of them are talented if Chase can stop dropping the ball. Um, and the weaknesses on offense is – it's the offensive line and specifically it's the interior of the offensive line. Um, most Vikings people I've talked to, they think Riley reef was at least fine. And that's an upgrade over what we had at right tackle. Uh, and then Jonah Williams, I think Jonah Williams could be good this year. He's put on a little bit of weight, which will help him. I mean, I'm sure uh back can speak to this more, but he was playing at about like 298, 300, and that's it's tough to move a guy solo by yourself. I mean, I was a left guard at 180, so I feel this too. <laughs> uh, it's tough to move a guy when you weigh like 30, 40 pounds less than them. Just like absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can have all the technique, but it's just man, that guy's got some mass. <laughs> right. Um, so I think he could be good. He's really solid technically. Uh for the center position. I think Trey Hopkins is fairly solid, but he had a torn ACL week 17. He slayed the start, but that's a concern. Uh, he's was that seven months removed from a torn ACL. And then the guard spots are two basically journeyman type guys that should be fine. Um, but not a strength of the team. I don't know. They weren't good last year as an offensive line and we have a new offensive line coach, which helps a lot if he's better and uh, he should be. But yeah, I don't know. Until I see it, I kind of have 
cautious, very cautious about the offensive line. Um, so that's on offense. Defense, it's linebackers are young and raw. They're growing, and the safety duo is good. Uh, Jesse Bates probably mm-hmm. should have been a first-team All-Pro last year but was a second team who cares and then von bell he just makes stuff happen he lays some big hits he can do some it's like magic actually i think it was against uh the vikings where he picked up he recovered a fumble that i think jenkins generous jenkins forced just recovered it right off the sideline started running it back for like 40 yards he just does things like that where he just knocks the ball out or he's right at the ball to pick it up i don't know uh he can be a little bit of liability and coverage but overall i think he's a plus player Okay. Uh, Sally, do you want to talk about what, uh, your strengths and weaknesses of the Vikings for us? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, hmm. um, you probably shouldn't have went to me first uh, because I'm trying to think of something strength to start with and I'm uh, it's escaping me. Um, weaknesses, uh, vaccination status, <laughs> offensive line, um, hmm. <laughs> special teams, uh, kicking. Uh, positive. You tell, Mike, you can tell we're snake bitten by uh, by everything that's happened in the past with us. So um, the but past. At least, <laughs> I'm talking about current day. I know, but but recent history into into present. Um, you know, special teams is always going to be one that, you know, we could have Justin Tucker back there and I'm sure we'll be all a little nervous that uh, something bad's going to happen. They missed preseason kicks. They missed preseason kicks. I'm not saying I'm confident in it at all, but, uh, you know, I'm agreeing with you. It's just more so we could, it's going to take multiple years of stability (laughs) before I'm never comfortable (laughs) with that spot. So, all right. Uh, I I wasn't (laughs) expecting to be on the spot. Let me, let me drink some Kool-Aid real quick. Um, Positives, obviously the wide receivers, um, the two, I think, you know, we know Irv was kind of slotted to play that, uh, wide receiver three spot for at least a while. That's unfortunate. Um, the defense obviously is a huge strength, hopefully. And I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> did she forget? Any, did she forget anything, Ron? Well, Dalvin, obviously. <laughs> so you, you just say skill position players. I mean, like like the Bengals, they have a good skill position group. Um, I think the Vikings um, are, you know, again, it's very comparable, uh, maybe because of the depth of that third wide receiver in Cincinnati um, versus, you know, just, you know, our inexperience at tight end now and wide receiver three. So that's very comparable. But, uh, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if, yeah, it, it's hard to be like, all right, I'm confident at these strengths because, yeah, outside of the skill position and then the improved D, I think that's the biggest thing. But that's still a big question mark because, you know, we don't know how these guys are going to gel together, like the whether a lack of uh, um, cohesion, I guess. But um, I mean, we got playmakers on D and we'll see what happens. So um, a big strength is not having Dakota Dozier start at right guard. I mean, that's a big one. Um, so it sounds like, Mike, you're dealing with interior offensive line play. We're very familiar to the struggles that that could could lead to. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, it sounds like the weaknesses of the Bengals are very similar to, you know, what Vikings fans are looking for. So, um, I mean, I'm hoping for big things out of your rookie kicker because I got him in my dynasty league as well as, um, another league, Dustin, I think I got him in your, if, if there's kickers in that league, I think that's yeah. where I took him. But, uh, um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be a interesting, interesting week one matchup. Hey, Mike. I'm sure, 
I was just gonna say, I'm sure you saw this, but you did see he hit a 57 yarder in the preseason, right? I I know he's got a booming leg and he's been (laughs) accurate. So my, my question more so is can the Bengals consistently move the ball and get in position and then the conditions in Cincy when the weather starts to turn. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, so far, I mean, the dude looks legit. So I know it sounds like the Vikings wanted him, but they got sniped. So of course. Mike, did you at all lament the pool, uh, the pick of Chase over Penny Sewell, or is it too early to tell for that? <sighs> I was a I was a Sewell guy. Yeah, uh, me too. Just because I was getting the best five offensive linemen, and it's mm-hmm. really tough. And I think you're seeing that in Detroit right now to move guys from left to right, and he probably would have had to do that here too with Jonah Williams at left tackle. Although mm-hmm. Jonah Williams' health eventually might have <laughs> been left tackle. Um, yeah, I would have gone Sewell just to get the best five out there or trade down and get some guys there, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I didn't hate the pick. I, I understood it. Uh, they thought Chase could be like, and still think, I assume, could be like a game-changing wide receiver, and they they value that more than offensive line, and I don't really know if I agree, but that's the thought process, and I think it's fine. It's not like... It's not like they took a guy that I thought wasn't worth a first round pick or anything. Yeah, it wasn't like the Raiders. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> hey, hey B Mac, uh, in case I forget, do you have a favorite Cincinnati memory or Bengals memory? Um only time I've been to Cincinnati to play. So I would say uh I don't know. I don't really have a big memory, especially when not with the Vikings. Yeah. I played them more with the Ravens. Sure. But um no, they weren't it was nothing nothing big. I don't really have nothing. Okay. Well no, that's fair. Uh, I wanted to ask you to Mike uh, Mike Zimmer spent seven years of his career in Cincinnati, presumably when you were a fan as a defensive coordinator. And then we snagged him and gave him his audition as a head coach and voila, he's been with the Vikings for seven years. Actually, I think Zimmer was there for six years for with Cincinnati. What was the temperature on him while he was there? Was he appreciated? Was it sad to see him go? Was he just kind of average? How did the the body politic feel about Zimmer? Oh my God, uh, everybody loved him. Oh yeah, so much, so much. Yeah, no, that we were making the playoffs, and most of the fan base, I still think, was like, "Yeah, tell Marvin to move on. Let's promote Zimmer. He's going to get a head coaching job somewhere." Uh, but Obviously, we didn't do that um, yet. I mean, we loved him. Uh, he had, I think, four out of his six years here, he was a top 10 defense by points per game, including a few top five finishes. And, I mean, it's also just fun to watch the Vikings and, well, the Zimmer defense with all the movement that happens, especially on third down. Every Everything's so confusing and disguised. And then there's just some fun pressure that always gets to the quarterback. I don't know. I really liked him. I feel like i'm not sure how vikings fans feel uh but if he went to an afc championship game here in cincinnati i mean he'd probably have a statue (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's i would say and i don't have any uh scientific numbers for that i'd say that most of the fans appreciate his body of work but there is a sentiment that it's sort of stale because our ceiling has been an nfc championship that was highly disappointing so now in year eight, uh, because he alternates good years with bad ones, like you can set a clock to it, 
uh, year eight is supposed to be one of the good ones. And if it's not, it's probably time to change. And I think I don't foresee them having an upside down year or even a you know, 500-ish one. Um, but if they do, I, I, I truly think that he'll I think he'll head to the Dallas Cowboys and be the coach there if, if he doesn't cut it here in Minnesota this year. Now, if that happens, I'm sure we, our fans will be lining the streets <laughs> to, bring it, to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still got the ranch. Yeah, that's 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 another good point. Um, What's the pulse? I was sorry, Sal. What's the pulse on Zach Taylor there? Um, You know, as the young coach, is he liked, or I guess I don't follow Bengals football closely enough to know what the (laughs) fans think about it. I think when he was first brought in, there's excitement because it's oh, this is the young hot guy to choose from and honestly i wanted eric the enemy back then and it's weird that still he's a candidate <laughs> like usually <laughs> yeah. he's gone um but yeah it's very i would say leans more cold it leans more like he's on the hot seat for most people um i think if he wins less than i don't know seven games he well, might he might be out of here. Isn't his he record was, like six and yeah, 25? Yeah. I mean, yes. how does he still have a job? Because I think there are, his players seem to like him. They are very positive about him. Not just like normal players. Like, yeah, I like my coach, but like if players actually going out on a limb to vouch for him, I think Joe Burrow has said like, he wants Zach Taylor to stay here. I mean, this could all just be player speak, but um guys play hard the Bengals beat the Steelers last year when they were like 13 and one in a meaningless yeah Monday Monday night they tried to gimmick it to Muppet night football because they thought we were going to get killed (laughs) um yeah I don't know the guys play hard for him but at, at some point you have to see better results than four wins in a top five draft pick now kind of Brian from your perspective as a head coach obviously like players are involved and they can hear what's going on. Like when their own team is kind of being judged, but do they have their finger on that? Like as far as the consensus of a coach or like, I know we've talked about Childress a lot on this show um, and are despised for him, but say other coaches that you've had as well, where they may be on the hot seat, like Leslie, Leslie Frazier is a perfect example where when he was in, um, I don't know if you were here long enough into his tenure where it got stale with him, but have you ever been in a spot where, the the public perception of the coach doesn't necessarily mirror what the players on the field are experiencing, or is it pretty pretty similar? Um, it's pretty similar. Like, you're aware of when the coach is on the hot seat. So, and if you like the coach, you're definitely going to try to step your game up and, and have you know some good results out there. So you're you definitely hear things and you're aware of like this has to be a winnable game and things like that. Mike, I uh, tweeted about a month ago that you know from the Vikings brain of me that. We really won't know. So we've, we've spent considerable draft capital trying to get a better offensive line. We've refused to sign free agents. We've, we've done it all organically through the draft. And this should be, in theory, a year where it starts to get better. And I tweeted that because of how poor the Bengals' defensive line last year was, that if the Vikings can prevent them from running wild in the pocket on Kirk Cousins, in week one, we really won't know for sure if the offensive line, the Vikings is improved or the Bengals still suck. And I got, I got three immediately by three Bengals fans saying this <laughs> defensive line doesn't suck anymore. And they rattled off names. And I was like, I know who those people are, but the rest of the world doesn't. So I wanted to know, has it vastly improved the defensive line or does it truly wait and see? 
Uh, there's there's definitely some wait and see. There was a lot of health concerns, though, with the defensive line last year. DJ Reader missed 10-plus games. Um, I think Sam Hubbard missed, like, nine games. And then Carl Lawson somehow was healthy all 16, which mm-hmm. first time since – I think now he's, now he's not. <laughs> I know. I'm so at least he got money before he got injured. Yeah. He's such a good dude. Um, yeah, I would say it's improved, but that's mostly because we're not picking up Margus Hunt off of the street having <laughs> start. Uh, we were down depth to that point where you could find a guy on the street and he's playing 30 downs for us in a game. Uh, I don't know how improved. I think, I think against the run, they'll. They'll be solid because I mean DJ Reader he can two gap, uh, nose tackle does it very well, and uh, Sam Hubbard's a great run stopper. Ogan Joby very inconsistent. I don't know so if he comes out and he's great, then he's great. Sometimes he comes out and it's just not there. And then I don't really know much about BJ Hill, uh, but the Bengals just traded for him, and I guess he's going to start too. Trey Hendrickson, not a great run stopper from what I've seen, but you pay him $15 million to get 13 sacks like he did before. We'll see if that happens, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's improved from what it was last year, like just looking at a stat or something. But okay. if you're looking at the fully healthy team last year versus this year, I think like it's probably pretty similar. Okay. Yeah, I and I think I said this to some effect to one of those dudes on there that I don't, I don't think that, you know, the names that I see on the Bengals are awful or they're, you know, poverty but compared to the rest of the ferocious defensive lines around the league I don't think that the Bengals would be in the top 10 and I think there's a lot of prove it if you're going to bring in new dudes just like the Vikings are doing on their offensive line and to an extent on their defense so uh, that's where I was going with that BMAC um, we had news today in Vikings world that Brian O'Neill was extended five years 90 what was two it, and a half million. 92 and a half million. And, and he's a right, <laughs> a right tackle. tackle yeah. B-Mac. <laughs> so BMAC, it's slowly right tackles are catching up to left tackles in terms of how much they're getting paid. Does that surprise you at all? Bryant McKinney, are you on with us? He took it off mute. Well, we will circle back to that question. I'll try not to forget it. Um, he's, so, he's probably picking his job off the floor. The Ninety-two and a half million. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. So, Sally, you are still going to Cincinnati this weekend, correct? I am. I'll be and, there Saturday morning. And you've never been? I haven't. I didn't realize what a hot spot it was until like a couple weeks ago. Can't wait to be there. Okay. So <laughs> now, Mike, this might. That's be not a- as sarcastic. It's not. It's not. Mike, this might put you on hot hot seat, but perhaps you don't know. You can just say so. Do you know anything about Cincinnati as to direct Sally into stops that she must see or places she must eat? Okay, um, so <laughs> how start. do you feel? How do you feel about chili on spaghetti? Yeah, <laughs> it seems like every restaurant features that, and also hot dogs. Um, not my two favorite foods, but I did find a restaurant called what is it? Um, turf club where they have filet mignon chili so i might dabble in that (laughs) i I haven't seen that but um i mean if you're looking for like a fancy place the players where joe burrow went to wine and dine riley reef to get him to play was jeff ruby's steakhouse so that really happened burrow was the one who yeah yeah him (laughs) um i think it was it was him. There's a picture of him and Riley Reef at the steakhouse together. 
had to fend off all those other suitors for him, I take it. So. <laughs> hey, he's, a, he's a starting caliber offensive lineman. There are people out there wow. <laughs> he, for that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. Burrow was a salesman. Yeah. yeah. They went to the steakhouse together. Um, yeah, I don't, need a, I don't need all that. The, uh, <laughs> if, the place, I, I've been to a few places. I don't live there, but, well, one, I mean, do you like amusement parks? Because Kings Island's awesome. I love amusement parks. I'm not going to have time for all of that. Like, <sighs> I'll be there Saturday, and then Sunday, that consumes my day from 7 in the morning until, you know, 7 at night, and then I'm leaving Monday, so... Uh, I really just need help with the tailgating situation. <laughs> there's a uh, uh, <laughs> because fine, there's a hundred lots, but yeah, um, yeah. Find uh, Bengals Jim, and I'm sure he'll be welcoming the Vikings fans. He's like grandpa of the uh, Bengals fan base. Super okay. nice dude. Uh, he's invited me whenever I come out to join his tailgate. I guess it's huge. Well, <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I'll keep him Bengals in mind, Jim, and then just be like, yo. I want to tailgate. Uh, you seem to have the best spot because that's what I hear. I haven't gone, but I'm going there for th- the great Thursday night football game. Nobody's going to watch between the Bengals and Jaguars. Oh gosh! <laughs> it must it must be weird for Ron to hear this um, with this hospitality you're talking about. Oh, God, yeah. Because Ron went to the NFC Championship when the Vikings lost the Eagles, and it was like <laughs> the purge in terms of the hostility that he experienced. So for, for you to have Grandpa Jim or whatever his name is telling. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, B-Mac, did, B-Mac, did you hear my question? Yeah, I heard about the right tackles catching up to the left tackles. Yeah. And hey, I am a little surprised it's because majority of the quarterbacks are right-handed. So mm-hmm. the left tackles still the blind side where the hits can be more um, devastating because they can't see them or you can't brace yourself a lot of times come from the blind side. But uh, things have changed. I told you a lot of things have changed in the NFL league. <laughs> Do, is it is it more difficult to play left tackle than right tackle? Well, normally your more athletic defensive end is going to be over there, and that's mm-hmm. for the purpose to be able to attack the quarterback from um, the blind side. So mm-hmm. you're normally going against week in and week out the better player. Yeah, touche. And do you think like, – one thing I've always wondered, like because a lot of quarterbacks are right-handed, obviously, but there's a extra added pres- – or added awareness on quarterbacks being able to move and get out of the pocket. Is there a premium at being on that right tackle to be able to hold that edge to give the quarterback time? So it's kind of forget about the blind side a little bit, but more so worry about what they're looking at and give them that room in front. Do you think that might have something to play with that those guys be being two. valued higher? That could be a two because a lot of these young quarterbacks are um, a lot more mobile um, than the quarterbacks of the past. However, how long are they going to stay that mobile? going to interrupt for just a second to talk about one more of our sponsors, which is playactionpools.com. It's exciting news. Our podcast is partnering up with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport that we love most. You'll be able to get on all the action at playactionpools.com and a football pick'em challenge, which is open to everybody. Here's how it works. You sign up for the contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. Uh, they're going to select 10 of the highest profile games per week for you to make your picks. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest BLEAV Football Pick'em. Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got survivors, pick'ems, and all kinds of sports book style concepts so you can build your own bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all of your office sports pools. Uh, and because even I remember, 
even like I go back to you with you and Lodeholt, for example, like you had like not saying Lodeholt wasn't uh, athletic at all. Cause obviously like, yeah, at that level you are, but you were the more athletic one and he was kind of that just road grader. But now it seems like a lot of the premier right tackles, whether it's Lane Johnson or uh, Mitchell Schwartz or uh, Mike McGlinchey, they're guys who can get out and move in space. And it kind of um, seems like they, they're trying to get that mirror of what a left tackle can do to put them on the other side. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Having played the played the left tackle spot? If that's, if that's what they're doing, then I think that probably is good because it kind of balances out both sides. But um, yeah, then I feel like they do deserve it, though. But I just feel like the left tackle is a little – they're going against somebody week in and week out a little tougher. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about some of the, the fears that we might have the Bengals or fears you might have with the Vikings so we can get a full plate of discussion out there. And I'm going to start with uh, the Bengals. So I think I implied that based on the roster, I think that – if the roster as it was, was coached to a premium by Taylor and, you know, seemingly a make or break year for him, that their ceiling in its utopian form is probably 11 and six or 10 and seven, if they did everything right. So that, that ties into my fear. Now I do think the Vikings will win this game and we'll get to predictions in about 15 minutes, but there is a fear and Sally for sure will be able to test this and Ron probably that if all of a sudden this was the game that we're like, holy shit, the Bengals are good. Who'd have thunk it? Like, and it clicked right away. And the Vikings were sloppy or the preseason just carried over. Uh, there is a universe where I'm sitting there at about 1230 central time on Sunday thinking, God, this team is all of a sudden young and upstart and good. And these Vikings are still trying to run the ball and they're down 14, nothing. That would be the fear that, I mean, I've been watching this team since 1996 and I've seen that happen. Uh, that I can experience. So from a depth chart perspective, yeah, Burrow is impressive. He's going to be in the league for 12, 15 years, and he's going to beat a lot of people. But I, I do think that the fear that I have is more whataboutism or the fear of the unknown that, God, what if they just grew up overnight and this was the year that Taylor is going to take them to a wild card game? Ron, what's your biggest fear about the Bengals? So, okay. So first of all, I, I think I'll get a lot of Bengals fans that will get mad at me, but hopefully not at the, like how Chargers fans, how sensitive they are, but okay. Joe Burrow, he definitely has, I think he has the ability. I don't think he's there yet. Even last year, I know he threw for a lot of yards, but he didn't throw touchdowns and he still had weapons with Higgins and with Boyd outside. Now I know Higgins kind of missed some time. Um, so again, he passes the eye test, but he's still a second year player coming off of an injury um, that, obviously was devastating. So I'm going to pump the brakes on Joe Burrow and being scared of him, at least for this week. Um, but do and you then, attribute that to him and his abilities or the offensive line issues? I mean, I think it can be a little bit of both. I think obviously the injury was primarily because he, the offensive line. And I think that will be a big part of it. Uh, but I just think that from what he did at LSU to what he did, you know, coming into the pros, um, like clearly he has all the tools, but I think he just needs a little bit more time from at least what I saw. I didn't see him as he's not a Trevor Lawrence, like NFL ready, you know, put having that moxie to go along with the talent. So um, again, like not trying to anger an entire fan base. Cause I do think he is the answer. I just think it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a build. And I do think yes, Jamar Chase had his drops um, in the preseason, but this guy hasn't played football for almost two years now. And, you know, he's an elite level player that, 
hopefully the drops is just kind of like, you know, Judy with Denver had a problem with drops last year, but um, you know, he seemingly um, still seems to be like a star level player. So um, I'm not going to knock the young guys on that yet, but again, I think that they're not quite there. Um, but really with, the Bengals too, like, and I'm someone who I pride myself. I know like players, like, you know, I've played a lot of video games over the years and, you know, I followed the NFL like a lot, like I've been in IDP leagues. So I know players. And when I look at the Bengals defense, like, like, you know, the linebacking core, for example, there's like the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pratt, like, that's a guy, I know he's fast. I know he's big, but what else does he really do? I don't know. I know he's young. And then these other guys that they have, um, I know they have that three named guy, um, uh, Davis, um, something. Yeah. I know he's fast and good in coverage, but um, outside of Jesse Bates, no one on that defense scares me. And so that might be my biggest fear going in is the fact that it, I know we've talked about it being a potential trap game, but I don't know if I'd phrase it like that, but it could be a game where it gets overlooked because like, hey, we after the Bengals, then it's the Cardinals, um, you know, Seahawks, Browns, or whatever in whatever order. Um, so the schedule does get tougher. So I don't want them to overlook that. I don't think Zimmer's the type who does that because you know the, the what fat cats get slaughtered. Going back to that, uh, but uh, so in reality, the like the the weapons on the outside of the Bengals do scare me because you know Higgins is a matchup nightmare jamar chase i think it has a dynamic playmaking playmaking ability and tyler boyd in the slot has been as good as it gets in the nfl for uh, for a few years now so um we'll see like i'm not trying to be too optimistic on my outlook for it but um i, I for me i think the biggest weakness is going to be more so um self-inflicted if uh if it happens so again i'm not trying to dog on cincinnati they're get there they'll get there when burrow you know and by about year three or four but uh i just think right now they're just not a very good overall team and i'm not a big zach taylor fan either so point of order ron and i don't usually disagree on the show but we finally have uh from what i saw with burrow in year one his rookie year with a leaky offensive line before the injury i thought he looked the part and i thought he was progressing just the way that he needed to on a team that didn't have tremendous amount of talent and uh the injury they did say he passed the eye test i just no, think but i mean you, 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 said, to... you said lawrence like he didn't invoke lawrence but i thought he was well on his way to being top 10 like quarterback that plays in the year for 10 to 12 years. Um, but that's all, I mean, not, not in that year, but his progression, a lot, a lot of times right. like J- Josh Allen looked like garbage and people wouldn't admit it for the first two years. And then right. he looked so like, we'll say he looked better than Josh Allen in his first yeah. year. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's like, yeah. That, that's, so, uh, and that's where like, again, like, it's, it's treading carefully on my own words. Like I'm not <laughs> saying he, because like, I do, I think he's a franchise quarterback and he's there. I just think the, when, again, it could be attributed to the offensive line, um, but more so just the inexperience. Cause even at LSU, you know, he, um, I, did he only have the one year there? I just think that inexperience, he needs the time to put it all okay. together. Um, you know, all uh, like, you know, not saying he needs to sit like Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers, if he was thrown in right away, probably wouldn't have been ready. So, whereas like, if you look at the rookie quarterbacks last year, Herbert, like, I think Herbert is further along after year one than Joe Burrow was based on the nine, nine game sample size that he had. Sally, I know that when I stop with you here, you're going to have some fears. I know you're good for that. Uh, <laughs> let's hear what they are on record, on camera. I don't really have much different to say than what you guys said, to be honest with you. Um, I think that if the Vikings screw up and lose this game, it has 
everything to do with the Vikings and nothing to do with the Bengals. No offense to them at all. It, this, I have a lot of anxiety about this because I'm, it's reminding me of 2015 home or season opener at San Francisco Monday night game. We had to stay up until like 10 20 for it to even start. And what did the Vikings score three points? It was atrocious. And that was a game they absolutely should have won. I think San Francisco went on to win two additional games the entire season. That's what kind of scares me. And that's my own PTSD. That's not necessarily a fair um, assessment, but so of course I'm scared of that. Uh, Zimmer is five and two in uh, week ones. So um, I believe the other loss was last season against green Bay, which we also know was very, very, very bad. Um, but overall, that's a good record. So I, I don't really have anything else. I think especially what you guys just talked about, it, it, it should be a win. We talked about a few weeks ago. I do believe this is a must win, even though it's a week one and that may sound preposterous. It's a game you have to win if you want to be taken seriously with as difficult as the um, schedule gets the next three weeks after that. So hopefully they, they can just get it together and be convincing. To, to pay homage to our fallen friend, that's your purple PTSD at that. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Joe. I love you. All right, Mike. Um, I, I don't get the sense that you have a lot of confidence or swagger on the Bengals beating the Vikings. But if, if indeed you do or you want to clarify, what do you fear about the Vikings? Well, wow. Uh, yeah. Two people out of three. So like, yeah, there's nothing to really fear. No. And that's not any disrespect, <laughs> but I've went on record as saying, I think that the Steelers will be bottom of the division, by the way. So that'll get you some, that mention that at the tailgate. Mention that at the tailgate. Yeah. Maybe I'll, yeah. I hate the Steelers. <laughs> oh, mention that at the tailgate. They'll love you. You tell Grandpa Jim about that. You'll be yeah. good for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Eagles are my second favorite in the division. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Ravens, of course, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Kevin Safansky, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if the Bengals are going to win, it's going to be because they don't get into third and long where Zimmer can kill them and then they can get the quick passes off to Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd without the offensive line being a liability. I mean, I don't know if I would, I'd be surprised if they just came out and wrecked the Vikings defense, because I think fully healthy, this is a pretty formidable unit. And then, yeah, I mean, you have to fear Jesse Bates, I assume, because he can make things happen in the secondary. He's really, really good safety. I think the guy, nobody mentions just my guy, DJ reader being a uh, nose tackle. I think I went on. Um, I've said somewhere else that I think my bold prediction, because he only gets like three sacks a year is I think he might get a sack this game against Garrett Bradbury because Bradbury seems to struggle a little bit against a powerful dude. Uh, he's got shorter arms. DJ can push him back into the pocket. I could see it um, for the Vikings. Uh, my main fear, I think at first was Dalvin cook because he's, super talented and our linebackers could get abused and then Trey Wayne's uh, pulled a hammy and now we're starting Eli Apple as one of our outside cornerbacks. So <laughs> the immediate fear becomes Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And I think more specifically, I would be fearful of Justin Jefferson going wild, uh, going for 200 yards or something crazy because we're going to let Eli Apple go one-on-one -on -one against him or something and not try to protect him. 
So okay. I think Eli Apple's mom has made more noise in the NFL than Eli Apple has. Yeah, Eli Apple, most, <laughs> mostly known for his mom and not doing great. But, you know, we have confidence for some reason. What do you have? I'm going to go around the horn. I'll start with you off the steam of that soliloquy. What is your prediction for Vikings Bengals week one? I think it'll be 24. No, I'll say 27, 24, probably the Vikings. Uh, okay. I think it'll be close, though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. There aren't as many blowouts in the NFL, I think, as people think. Like most of these games stay relatively close because NFL teams are just really talented. Mm-hmm. These are just the best players from college and everything, other than maybe the Texans or Lions this year. But uh, yeah, I think it'll stay close. I just. <sighs> The Vikings just have so much firepower on offense, and then they have a defense that's more capable of getting turnovers and stops and creating havoc. Well, so it's hard It's hard to see it and then think like, yeah, the Bengals could win this on paper. I think if it happens, it happens because of the flow of the game or how things happen in the game. Well, remember this. If you are correct, or even if you're just sitting down on Sunday, that all of Zimmer's week one wins, there's only been one that's been fantastic and like, wow, they were prepared. The rest of the, the games are not sloppy necessarily, but you just run the ball enough to get the lead and then play defense and don't show anything off. That's how Zimmer wins week one games. He did it against the Falcons and the Raiders, I think it was. <clears throat> and that was in 2018 and 2019. So it's usually pretty vanilla. And then they beat the Titans on the road in 2016, but that was thanks to defense in the second half of that game. So I don't expect... Maybe they're due for it, but I don't expect the Vikings to come out, you know, looking like hitting on all cylinders type thing. But uh, what B-Mac, was the flashy one? Uh, the Saints? The Brad Monday night? Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Oh. I thought B-Mac. you were going to say the Falcons game where uh, with the, the turnover or the block kick to start. Well, that, that had notable plays, but yeah. I remember being there thinking 97 a- yards passing by Cousins. Yeah, so. I think okay. a, win, a win's a win is how I felt walking out of the building that, that day. Uh, BMAC, what's your Vikings Bengals prediction? I'm going to go with the Vikings 24-17. Ooh, okay. Sally? That's exactly it. what I was going to say. <laughs> I'll go to, um, I'll go 21-14 then. Ron, what's your prediction? Mm-hmm. I, I may be a little more optimistic, but it's because I'm looking at this D-line. And, yes, DJ Reader, I think, is a very good uh, nose tackle. Uh, but, um, you know, Ogun, Ogun Bo- Joby, he's not much of a run stopper. He's more of a three technique. Um, and yeah, Hendrickson, I don't think I've ever seen him make a tackle on a running back. Um, so I think, and I think the Brian O'Neill extension is going to kind of pr- or make it where the Vikings are going to run a lot of outside zone plays in my mind, just in watching it. I think Dalvin cooks in for a big day. I think he's going to have three touchdowns himself. Um, and I have us 34 to 17 and, uh, um, so while we'll see, but I just, I don't like that Bengals defense and looking at it at all. I think the Vikings will win it 27 to 13. I think we will see the Zimmer defense back and we'll wrap our arms around it. Cause we missed it so much. Uh, Sally, what do you got for the group tonight? Well, unfortunately it's kind of similar to what we just did, but you know, it's the last, um, it's the last show before the season starts. So I need everyone's official prediction for the record right now and whoever ends up being the most wrong there's going to be major consequences (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what they are yet 
but they're coming. All right. Well, Mike um, can, and Mike can do his bang the Bengals. Um, oh, I thought I was the Vikings without much knowledge about well, it. Well, you don't know the schedule, no. So do the do the Bengals. <laughs> you, can, one. you can do you can do both. I bet you you'll do both, and you'll be the one that gets the Vikings record right. <laughs> yeah, do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, without looking at anything, the Vikings just feel, and it's weird with a seventeen game season, but I'll just say ten and seven. I don't know. They feel like a good team, but not a team that would go like fourteen and what three. That mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd see that. Uh, for the Bengals, my prediction's been seven and ten, um, but hopefully it just looks better. <laughs> is what I've been saying. It's like there's a seven ten that looks terrible, and then there's a seven and ten. You're like, oh, next year maybe there'll be a team. That's what I'm hoping for. We had that in 2014 Zimmer's rookie campaign. Uh, I, I'm assuming Sally and Ron felt the same way. It was cool to finish seven and nine and be on the uptick. Like I sat down to watch games. Thinking it'll be cool if we win this. And then if we lost, it wasn't soul crushing like it's been for the last four years now. So uh, I can tell you that if you're if you're in that development mode or at the next block of the rebuild, finishing seven and nine, seven and ten is emotionally it, it does it does that does a body good. It's more wins than Zach Taylor has in his career so far. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's there you go. <laughs> Ron, what's your win loss? Um, I have us after just quick looking at the schedule, just confirm. Um, I'll, I'll say 11 and seven or 11 and six. Okay. B Mac. I'm agree with, um, is it sins? It's like 10 and seven, 10 and seven. Uh, I have 11 and six, which is good enough to get into the postseason. I think they win one postseason game and then see what happens. See the lay of the land. Most importantly, see how the offensive line has gelled going into that second playoff game. Uh, the, t- the schedule is the fifth most difficult in the NFL per uh, 2020 wins and losses. So when you're sizing up that schedule and it looks nasty, that's for good reason. Only four other teams have it more brutal than the Vikings. I do subscribe to this odd year, even year voodoo, and it feels like they're due again. And it would be pretty Zimmerian for him to do just enough to convince the front office that he needs one more go around. And I think that will be a playoff win convincing one and then we'll see where we're at in february march with the enthusiasm on his long-term status sally what's so yours of, mm-hmm. just real quick sorry dustin to add on to what you're saying about the odd even thing like mm-hmm. i think a big part of that like and one of zimmer's faults i think in his career has been his ability to make halftime adjustments i'd say but the one thing that that odd even um kind of paradox has shown is like whatever happened bad last year he won't let happen again this year so i think that's why you see the revamp defense and everything so while there may be falters and something else might get a little overlooked i think he looked at it like hey we had the 25th defense that's not going to happen on my watch so stack up load the cupboards and come back and the defense will at least be what keeps us in the in uh in games every year so again just a theory but we'll see okay and then sally what do you got for a win-loss for the 2021 Vikings? <laughs> oh, it doesn't look good. I know I'm going to get roasted, and I so this I is hate like it. Seven I hate ten. it, but I have to be honest because uh, I have eight and nine. And this has dipped. It must have been COVID stuff because you were happier a month and a half ago. Um, you know, it's not necessarily COVID stuff because obviously that's not something that you could ever predict if it will happen or when it will happen. Um, I think it just kind of, yeah, after we signed all of those de- defensive free agents, I, I did get really excited. 
then yes, there has been some drama with, with the vaccination stuff. Um, that doesn't necessarily, well, it scares me, I guess, that people are going to miss games, but it also scares me that if people lose money, there's going to be animosity and stuff in the locker room. But that's not why I, this, why I picked this record by any means. I mean, I went through every game and I'm just thinking about it and I just, this is a really tough schedule. And, um, I think that it really, another thing that, that hurt, hurt my record prediction is that Aaron Rodgers came back. And to me, that's two losses that may very well happen. Um, I hope not. I hope they split, but before that was two wins in the column. Um, so that also has a huge thing, uh, to do, to do with it. So I do have them beating the Browns. So I'm really not being negative. I just, I don't know. I have just this sick feeling in my stomach that there's going to be another on the bubble in the hunt season. And also Matt, uh, Mike Zimmer hasn't figured out how to beat the bears. And I don't know if they're going to win one of those games. Um, so I'm sorry to end it on a bad note. No, it's eight and nine from Sally. She's, she's got the lowest enthusiasm. Thank God I'm not on Twitter right now. I'm going to get roasted. Nah, you'll be fine. I, just, I have to tell the truth. This is my no, true that's, beliefs. That's all right. Um, I want to run down storylines. I did these on air about a month ago, but as a refresher course, uh, and then we'll talk to Mike for one more second. Uh, this is Zimmer's first game as a head coach in Cincinnati against his old team. Riley Reef will play his old team, this time playing right tackle. Mackenzie Alexander spent one year with the Bengals. He'll be back seeing the Bengals this Sunday. You have the uh, Burrow and Jefferson and Chase connection from LSU, alumnus together. And the Vikings have not won in Cincinnati in 29 years. Uh, A lot of that has to do with how frequently you go to an AFC opponent, but still, 29 years is a long time. And then Nick Vigil spent four seasons, his entire rookie contract with the Bengals, and he will play his old team. So this is a lot of somewhat intriguing storylines to uh, overlap. All right, Mike, tell our listeners, probably the Bengals fans, where they can find you on Twitter and all that, sir. I'm at Bengals <laughs> underscore Sands on Twitter. Really, anything you want to find, just you can find it there. Um, but, yeah, also writing at the top, we said writing for all Bengals and mm-hmm. podcasting with Locked On Bengals. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, I, it was fun, other than everybody telling me that everybody. my team's going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll, you can message me on Sunday night and then I'll spread the word that if, if we were incorrect, that, you know, you were a little bit, you know, peeved by the fact no, that you were... I picked it too. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> hey, uh, BMAC for next week. Do you know any Cardinals crossover players that we could have as a guest? Yeah, I can think about that. Okay. All right, cool. We'll talk off air and see if we can line up a, a Cardinal for the preview show when the Vikings... Anquan Bolden played for the Cardinals for a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll see what he can do. And he's right. your Ravens teammate for a bit. So. <laughs> That's all, all we right. got this week for Believe in Vikings. Mike, thanks again, sir. Um, we appreciate it. And Skull Vikings. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.